Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, December 18th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Just six shopping days until Christmas. <laughs> I'm James Reno from BroadwayStars.com, and I only have one shopping day till Christmas. Okay. And I'm on my way to a BFA's Natalie Nowak. And you're a college student, so you don't got any money to I shop am. anyway. It's true. <laughs> All right, guys, we are recording a little earlier than normal because on Sunday night, I will be writing the Broadway World Review for Fox's A Christmas Story Live that will be available long before this podcast posts. So check that out. And James, perhaps we will discuss it on tomorrow's show as well. However, that does mean that we will not have the reviews for the Sunday night Broadway opening of Farinelli and the King on today's episode, but we will revisit those tomorrow. So first, we hope that Everyone over at the Belasco Theater broke multiple appendages last night. I am sure that uh, with a short preview period, they are pretty much just bringing in the production from London. And that did so well, had such great reviews and such great acclaim, both critically and from the audience, that I'm sure this will be um, a, a great show to see. Uh, before we get into everything else, I also wanted to congratulate everyone over at the Court Theater who wrapped up their unfortunately shorter than expected run of M. Butterfly yesterday. The show didn't get great reviews and limped along at the box office before moving its closing day up to yesterday at the beginning of last week. With a talented director in Julie Taymor and a big time star in Clive Owen, the show you know, had a lot of expectations and ended up being one of the bigger disappointments, both artistically and financially of the first half of the season. So we'll, so we're sorry about that, but congratulations to everybody who did end their run. Um, and then James, however, this is not disappointing news on yesterday's this week on Broadway, you, Michael Bortantier and Jan Simpson talked with the legendary Haley Mills, as well as reviewed Meteor Shower, The Children, Farnelli and the King, and Fiasco Theater's 12th Night at Classic Stage Company. First off, Natalie, any idea who yes. Haley Mills is? You do know uh, who you know, Haley I've, Mills is? I've heard her name here and there, but I don't really know oh, about Lord. anything she's done in. She was the she was in the original production or the original movie of of a parent trap. She was also Pollyanna. She was also Miss Bliss on the Saved by the Bell precursor. Good morning, Miss Bliss. Um, but secondly, James, most importantly, was Miss Mills as sweet and lovely with that wonderful British accent as I would expect? Every which way plus more. I mean, I'm very very excited that we had this conversation. We talked uh, in depth about Pollyanna and Disney and the changing entertainment landscape, plus uh, her new show, Party Face, which is opening up at the uh, at City Center in January. They're just about to go into rehearsal. It's a transfer from Ireland. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a mother-daughter relationship type of show. Uh, and so I'm really excited. You know, the, the opportunity to talk to Haley Mills on a Sunday morning... <laughs> I, you know, what could doesn't be get any better than that. No. Yeah, that's awesome. And and Natalie, you're on Christmas vacation from the Heart School. Go watch that original uh, Parent Trap. But maybe you've seen the Lindsay Lohan version, or yes, I've you know, seen we, that one. Yeah, go watch yeah. this one, um, the TV movie of the musical version with the great Heidi Blickenstaff is coming out in 2018. So lots of parent trappy stuff, but it all starts, well, first off, with uh, with the late uh, Mary Rogers, who wrote the novel, but then uh, on screen with Haley Mills, and it doesn't get any better than that. I'll watch it and I'll report back. Thank Excellent. you. Next week. Mm -hmm. No, not right. next week, because next week's Christmas, but we'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, first up in the news, Pal Joey reportedly coming to Broadway next 
year, next year. Next year, helmed by Tony Goldwyn. Yeah, James. So last week we talked about the odd credit listed in choreographer Camille A. Brown's bio in the press release for the upcoming season at the St. Louis Muni's uh, Theater for their 100th season. And that listing was for a 2018 Broadway revival of the Rodgers and Hart musical Pal Joey. We hadn't heard about a 2018 Broadway revival of Pal Joey yet. But on Friday, I'm sure spurred on by our conversation, devoted today on Broadway listener Larry King tweeted (laughs) that he had just interviewed former President Fitzgerald Grant III, otherwise known as Tony Goldwyn, and he in fact would be directing the revival of Pal Joey on Broadway next year. Apparently, the Goldwyn episode of Larry King Now will air wherever it is that that thing airs uh, this coming week, so perhaps we will get even more details about the show then. But what we do know is that last year, Goldwyn directed a reading of the show with recent Theater Hall of Fame inductee Marin Maisie. Since Goldwyn is finishing the final season of Scandal, I would imagine that they are aiming for an opening on Broadway in the fall of 2018 instead of the spring, but that is just just speculation from one devoted gladiator. I don't know that to be fact. <laughs> Goldwyn, I'm glad that you got my scandal jokes here. Uh, Goldwyn has appeared on Broadway twice, first in a holiday all the way back in 1995, and then as J.D. Sheldrake in Promises, Promises opposite Kristen Chenoweth and Sean Hayes in 2010. Um, if Pal Joey does eventually open up in the fall of next year, it will be almost exactly a decade since it was last seen on Broadway when Joe Mantello, we'll talk about him more later, directed Stockard Channing, Martha Plimpton, and Matthew Rish for the Roundabout Theater Company. Rish took over the title role from Tony-winning Jersey boy Christian Hoff during previews. Now, James, I assume that you saw that Roundabout production of the show you know, 10 years ago, and as much as I love classics and I and I love seeing great revivals, it seems to me that doing the show via roundabout is really the only way to go unless they get a gigantic star or two or three, which Goldwyn with his decades and generations long history as movie royalty could p- presumably do. I can't see this being a commercial hit. Um, so I don't know that roundabout would want to do this again. They've kind of been there, done that with bringing back shows pretty quickly, but uh, unless they get a huge, huge name, I don't see this being a commercial success. Um, you know, I, I, I ne- you never know what happens with these, uh, with revivals, but Peter Felicia has, uh, discussed in depth about, how revivals do in comparison to original productions and outside of, you know, Chicago and cabaret type of outliers, most revivals uh, do not do as well as their original runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we've had revivals of, you know, Carousel, <laughs> Oklahoma, things like that, that are just been huge productions that have not done financially well, although they're... Uh, Artistically great things. Uh, let's talk about Tony Goldwyn for a second. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, before the Orange train wreck uh, last year, um, uh, we would watch Scandal and say, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, nothing like this would ever. Tony Goldwyn's character was president of the United States and having an affair, and his wife decided to run for president. And, and we're like, oh, this is so hokey made up and yet you know it just goes to show us Shonda Shonda Rhimes just had an insight into what what in the world was going to happen here 
Uh, yeah, well, I, I, as I said, I'm a devoted gladiator. I love Scandal for all of its soapy, ridiculous goodness. Um, but it also has great theater actors. I mean, when you've got Jeff Perry in there, Bellamy Young, who plays his ex-wife, who, spoiler, is now president, she was in the the original Broadway production of The Life. And and we all kind of know the story that Carrie Washington was in the original reading for In the Heights. Um, and all these other people um, that have come through the show uh, throughout the years. It's just a, uh, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. It's silly. Um, but, you know, I I, you know, I'm glad that he's coming back to Broadway. And, you know, I mentioned his long he- legacy in in the movies. His great grandfather is Samuel Goldwyn, the G and MGM. Um, so, you know, I, I, if he wanted to find some stars to do it, I bet he has the connections to do the show. But this would be the fifth Broadway revival of Pal Joey. And as you said, the law of diminishing returns with revivals kind of means that they will be less successful, um, you know, after the original. So I just I, I want it to be good and I want him to find some big stars to do this to make it, you know, commercially successful. But I, I just don't. I just don't know. Natalie, you're a musical theater student. Do you know yes. much of anything about Pal Joey? No, I've never heard of it. What? Oh, okay. The, the basic, I bet, I bet you've heard at least one song um, from the show. The, the kind of the big song uh, from the show is Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Have you heard that one? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of okay. that. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of like the standard that comes out of it. And then there's Zip, which is, is from there, but the only real version of zip that anybody should really worry about is the Elaine Stritch version from her life at Liberty show, because she originally did the show. And I think it's, it's tryout. She did. I don't, I don't remember the whole history of that, but check out zip from, (laughs) from live at Liberty. It's so good, but I, you know, I hope it does well. I just, I, I just don't envision, I envision that, but I'm not a producer and I could be very wrong, which I pretty much am on a normal, regular daily basis. (laughs) All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, show and casting news. Oh, do we ever? We have a bunch of stuff in here. So either of you guys, James, Natalie, if you want to talk about one of these things and I don't throw it to you, please feel free to jump in because we've got a lot of them. Okay, first up, on Friday, producers Ryan Murphy and David Stone announced that they had completed casting for the 50th Broadway revival of Mark Crowley's The Boys in the Band. Charlie Carver will be playing the role of Cowboy. The show will be Carver's Broadway debut, having spent most of his career on screen often opposite his twin brother, Max. The brothers have been seen on Desperate Housewives and The Leftovers. Charlie has also been on MTV's Teen Wolf and ABC's When We Rise and I Am Michael. Carver joins the previously announced Jim Parsons, Zachary Kinto, Matt Bomer, Andrew Reynolds, Robin DeJesus, Brian Hutchison, Michael Benjamin Washington, and Tuck Watkins. The Joe Mantello, see, I told you we'd come back to him. The Joe Mantello directed production will be the first show of the 2018-2019 season as it will begin previews on the very odd date of April 30th and have an official opening on May 31st, about a week and a half before the Tony Awards that they will not be eligible for. So uh, they will have to wait about 53 and a half weeks before they see if they have uh, any Tony wins. Um, As we talked about when this was originally announced, it seems to me that the only reason they would do this show in this window is because they have some TV and movie stars in here and they have to kind of fit in their shooting schedules around when they have a couple months to do a Broadway show. All right. uh, Pretty Woman announces its full Broadway in Chicago company. 
Yes, also on Friday, like the boys in the band, Pretty Woman announced its complete cast, rounded out its cast for the upcoming Chicago and Broadway productions of Pretty Woman, colon, the musical. Joining the previously announced principals, Samantha Barks, Steve Kazee, Orfei, Eric Anderson, Jason Danieli, and Kingsley Legs, will be an ensemble including my friend Ellen Marie Marsh, Jillian Mueller, who had been playing the youngest version of Cher in the readings of the Cher show, so I think it's pretty safe to assume she will not be continuing with that one, um, along with uh, Renee Marino, Jake Odemark, Tommy Bracco, and more. We will have the complete ensemble list in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. The Chicago production of Pretty Woman uh, will begin performances at the Oriental Theater on March 13th before moving to Broadway's Nederlander Theater on July 20th. Also, as we approach the end of the year, it's kind of time to start thinking about the upcoming Encores season. Well, on Friday, New York City Center came up with a stellar cast to get their 25th season going. The season will open with something honestly completely different from Encores, and I think something that might anger some of the Encores devotees out there, but they will be doing an original production of songs and scenes from shows that they have not yet been able to produce in full at Encores. The show's entitled Hey, Look Me Over, and it was conceived and created by Encores artistic director Jack Vertel and music director Rob Berman, and it will feature songs and excerpts from All American, George M., Green Willow, Jamaica, Mac and Mabel, Milk and Honey, Sail Away, and Wildcat. I'm not familiar with Sail Away, but I assume that is the jukebox bio musical for the band Styx. Uh, Encore has previously announced that Tony nominee Bob Martin would return to his drowsy chaperone role of man and chair for Hey, Look Me Over, which will also feature some up-and-coming musical theater talents, including Mark Kudish, Judy Kuhn, Tam Mutu, B.B. Newworth, Nancy Opal, Alexandra Soka, Vanessa Williams, Reed Burney, Carolee Carmelo, and more. Maybe you've heard of one of these people in the uh, cabaret scenes, maybe getting ready to have their big Broadway breakthroughs. The press release actually tells you what role and roles each performer will be taking on for Hey, Look Me Over, but they did say that the actor playing Mac in the Mac and Mabel stuff will be announced later. Hey, Look Me Over will play at City Center from February 7th through the 11th. Even if this show is not what you normally expect from encores, and even if it ends up being a complete train wreck, which I don't anticipate it being, just to be able to see all of these musical theater stars on the same stage together, to me, is worth the price of admission. James, I know we talked about this on on Friday because I got um, tickets to see the next Encore show when I'm in town in March. That's going to be Grand Hotel. We don't know what yeah. that cast is, but this cast, I mean, this is like stupid, otherworldly combination of talent. Uh, absolutely, I love your uh, sail away reference to sticks because uh, thank you. Thank I'm you. a big I'm a big sticks fan, and uh, and it seems as though I've never heard of a sticks jukebox musical. But sail no. away is of course the Noel Coward <laughs> Noel Coward musical <laughs> starring uh, Elaine Stritch back in the '60s sometime. Details, uh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Um, from one classy production to another, the new group announces two stars of Jerry Springer, the opera. Yeah, I don't know what your definition of classy is, but I think it might be a little classy with a this. K. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, like a Hummer yes. limousine. <laughs> <laughs> in an orange Hummer at Limousine. Yes. yes. Uh, or yellow, yeah. The the new group announced on Friday two of the stars for the upcoming off-Broadway premiere of Jerry Springer, the opera, which is scheduled to run from January 23rd through March 11th in the role of the former mayor of Cincinnati. Thank you, Ohio. Turned sleazy TV host will be the legendary Terrence Mann in the role of warm-up slash Satan. 
okay, uh, will be Will Swenson. Uh, I I mean, I, I kind of know what the show's about, so I understand why that works, but that's just a funny character name to me. Um, but now, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, Terrence Mann and Will Swenson, that's a perfect pair. They seem destined to do a show together. It's almost like they could play the same parts as each other. Well, you might be thinking that because those actors are the first and the most recent performers to open a Broadway production of Les Miserables in the role of Javert. Now, all we need is for Norm Lewis to be cast in Jerry Springer, the opera, to complete the, the, the Javert triumvirate. With music and lyrics by Richard Thomas, the production will be directed by John Rando, and Chris Bailey will replace Joshua Burgas as choreographer because he had to exit due to a scheduling conflict. Now, guys, I have less than zero idea if this is going to be any good. The show's had a spotty production history over the years, but having Terry and Will on board definitely ups the classy with a K factor for this show. So Jerry Springer played in London. I don't know if it was on West, if it's on a West Ender in in a London theater. It seemed like it had a successful run. I I sort of remember in the recesses of my mind, but I think it played for a while. Um, Yes, it did. And is this the same production, or are they going to reinvent it or work on it uh, any anymore? Do you know if they it's, said anything? I don't. I don't know of any um, updates or revisions or anything. But it is a completely separate production. I don't. No, believe no, yeah. Don Rando yeah, yeah. did that one. Um, but it's you know it, it had a very successful run in London, but never made it to New York. Never has had kind of weird production histories, both as a piece of musical theater and as a piece of opera. Um, around the country. And it's just been one of those things where, you know, I think I've always made the connection here to Enron because these are shows that were like, wait, what? Enron had a really successful run in London and then completely bombed on Broadway. And I think it's one of those shows where you think, is this something that's more built to a British audience's sensibilities? And it doesn't necessarily translate to Americans because the topic is so much more familiar to us. Um, if you don't know, and I don't feel like this show has been around for a decade, so I don't feel bad spoiling this. The first half of the show is like an episode of the Jerry Springer show. The second half transfers to hell, which is where we get Will Swenson as the devil. And I think Jerry Springer is kind of held to account for what he's done on the show. And I could be getting some of those details wrong, but it's it's basically that. Um, so I, do, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see it, but you get Terrence Mann and Will Swenson involved, and I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm paying attention now. Not that I wasn't already. <laughs> so yeah, it's got... it seems more promising than Home for the Holidays. <laughs> that's not that's not fair. I, I feel bad. We've kicked them while they've been down so much. I, I'm starting to feel bad. Like, I didn't actually expect it to be this bad for Home for the Holidays, so I didn't have feel so bad about poking fun at them. But now it's like, like we're literally beating a dead horse at this point. Not literally. Cause <laughs> that's not actually how that word should be used. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see in the, in the grosses tomorrow, how home from the holidays is doing. Uh, Jerry Springer has got nearly 50 songs in it. It's done over three acts and uh, Jerry Springer himself went to the opening night in London. And uh, if you can appreciate the irony of this, he said that he was really uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> ironically ironically his plus one was satan so uh it kind of worked out well. no i'm just kidding 
Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. He had to actually resign from office because he paid for a prostitute, get this, with a personal check. So um, I can't make this up. O-H-I-O. But um, I actually saw Jerry Springer in a touring production of Chicago. Um, he did he did the tour that I saw and then went straight to New York to play uh, uh, Billy Flynn on Broadway. But we are we've so far lost the thread of this uh, section. So let me finish up this <laughs> show and casting news section um, with uh, the news that on Friday we learned that Tony nominated star of Miss Saigon and Broadway radio friend Eva Noblezada will be leading an upcoming industry reading of the Broadway bound musical King Kong. She will be joined by Eric Morris, Tom Nellis, and Harley Durst. Apparently, none of the reading cast is yet contracted for the Broadway run. But if Eva does stay with the show, maybe she won't need to move out of her Miss Saigon dressing room as King Kong is set is scheduled to swing into the Broadway theater on October 5th of next year. And currently, there's nothing scheduled in the house in the interim between Saigon's January closing and October. It is expected that they will need to do some big time renovations to have to get the house ready for the technical spectacle that King Kong will be. Um, this is not the direction that I would have guessed that this musical would have gone. Everything we've heard is that they wouldn't get, they, they were kind of looking at unknown actresses and Eva's obviously only done one show on Broadway, but um they were kind of going with people because the star is King Kong. But if you get someone who is hot off Miss Saigon where the show wasn't necessarily greatly received, her performance was, and as evidenced by a Tony nomination at the ripe old age of like 20 or 21, um, it's a little bit bigger of a name than I would have expected to be a part of this show. And James, you had her on this week on Broadway a week or so ago, and she kind of hinted at some big things coming. This is not what I thought those big things were. But I guess it doesn't technically get bigger than King Kong. <laughs> this is true. And she did hint that there was something big that she couldn't talk about. So maybe they're in uh, discussions about this. Um, so who knows what's going to what's going to happen there. But maybe we we'd get we did get the first hint on today on Broadway or this week on Broadway. Um what is happening there? I want to know what John John Brionis is doing next. That's really what I, I want to know. Seriously, he needs to stay here in New York and uh, do more because he's phenomenal. His speech at the Theater World Awards ceremony last year, when he was he won a Theater World Award, uh, mm -hmm. was was just inspiring and choked everybody up in the audience. He not only is he talented, but he uh, he has such a, a a human touch to him that is so ironic that he's playing the engineer. He's a special dude. That. He is. Oh, we have to get him on Broadway Radio somehow. I'll get the call over to Saigon, see if we can get him. <laughs> All right. The Greatest Showman takes um, – Greatest Showman stars take on Corden's Crosswalk the Musical. Yeah, last week, Tony winner James Corden came east for one of his signature segments, Crosswalk the Musical, and actually did it 
on Broadway between 53rd and 54th, right in front of Stephen Colbert's Ed Sullivan Theater. And he also teamed up with fellow Tony winner Hugh Jackman and his Greatest Showman co-stars Zac Efron and Zendaya uh, to do a medley of songs from On the Town, Guys and Dolls, and Fame, of all things. Um, I've talked about these crosswalk musicals before. I love these things. They're so dumb. They're um, so fun. So, I love they're, these. Yeah, <laughs> they're so good. Uh, and this yeah. one was really great. Um, I mentioned, um, I, I'm going to skip ahead in the script a little bit. I had previously promised that my review for the film will be out on Broadway World, but I had to wait for the embargo to come up. The embargo will be up on Wednesday, so that uh, review will be out um, I, don't, I don't know, probably early morning. But by the time uh, Wednesdays this week on Broadway comes out, that review will be up. So uh, I, we'll talk about that then. But just seeing these three perform together and then some other social media stuff, it really seems like they had so much fun. And then watching this Crosswalk musical is just so giddily stupid. Uh, Natalie, have you seen this one yet? No, I haven't seen this one. I'm going to, though, because I absolutely love when he does them. Yeah, and it's so different doing it in New York than in L.A. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. more horns being blown and people looking kind of annoyed than in L.A. where they just look stupefied and confused. <laughs> but um, anyway, since since this episode is coming out on Monday morning, if you didn't watch A Christmas Story last night, the cast of The Greatest Showman, including all of them that I just mentioned, and Kiala Settle uh, performed a live commercial for the film during A Christmas Story Live. We are taping this at about, it looks like 12.16 in the p.m. on Sunday. Um, so I have no idea how it went, but I have been seeing a lot of videos on social media from the rehearsals. So it really looks like a lot of fun. Um, and I'm sure it'll be all over the interwebs to, uh, today, sorry, uh, both on Broadway World and Broadway Stars or, you know, wherever else you want to find it, find it. I'm sure it'll be out there. Um, but it, you know, it looks like a pretty good cross, uh, you know, promotional thing because both A Christmas Story Live and The Greatest Showman feature scores written by Pask and Paul. It's very exciting. All right. So tell us what we have in this week's theatrical schedule. All right. Well, first up, the one night only concert presentation of Oscar Wilde's A Woman of No Importance is happening tonight, Monday, at Symphony Space Off Broadway. This production features an all star cast, including Martha Plimpton, Reed Burney, Annie Golden, Tim Jerome, Jay Armstrong Johnson, and more. The UK production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat will run at Newcastle's Metro Radio Arena starting on Tuesday and will run through December 31st. Joe McKeldry stars as Joseph and is well known for winning the sixth season of The X Factor back in 2009. Wait, hold on. Round is that the is that the British X Factor? Because I don't think they got yes. the sixth season here in the yeah, US. Yeah, no, it, it's yes, <laughs> it's, it's British X Factor. Okay, gotcha. Just making um, make yeah. sure. Yeah. Next, Roundabout Theatre Company's original Broadway production, John Lithgow, Stories by Heart, begins previews on Thursday. Tony and Emmy Award winner John Lithgow performs what is described as a one-man theatrical memoir, which includes personal stories about his parents and grandmother. This production will officially open on January 11th. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein begins previews on Thursday off-Broadway at the Pershing Square Signature Center. The joys and perils of motherhood, the hovering shadow of infant mortality, and the sting of loneliness and rejection merge as Mary Shelley creates her masterwork, Frankenstein. Excerpts from the 1818 edition of Frankenstein, music and dance interwoven with Mary Shelley's letters and diaries creates parallel narratives of 
as both dramas unfold. Tony nominee Robert Fairchild choreographs and stars in this production, which will officially open on December 27th. The West End production of Hamilton opens on Thursday at the Victoria Palace Theatre. The cast features Jamel Westman as Alexander Hamilton, Giles Torreira as Aaron Burr, Rachel John as Angelica Schuyler, Rachel Ann Goh as Eliza Hamilton, and many more amazing performers. Now, we didn't have too many openings and uh, shows beginning previews this week, so that's all we have for that. Hold on, let um, me jump in here. Yeah. Let, let, let me jump in here real quick. Did you guys, you know, uh, we talked about before that Lynn was doing a uh, charity giveaway that if you made a donation to, I forget, some science charity, I don't remember what it was, that you could go all expenses paid to the London opening of Hamilton. Did you see the video of him yeah, the, FaceTiming the, FaceTime, the winner? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's the, amazing. That lady, that lady was, uh, one, she seemed almost completely sorry for the pun bewitched bothered and bewildered by what was going on she seemed completely <laughs> out of sorts to be facetiming with lin-manuel miranda but it's one of those yeah. things that it just seems like every day he does something that makes you go like oh he's a really cool guy and and yeah i don't normally get like that because normally i'm just like whatever there are people there's some are good some are bad but it's just like every day you turn around and see him doing something that's just like dude i want to i wish i could have a beer with him to borrow a, a line from the show Hey, put that out there. Maybe it can happen now that it's well, out I, I, on I don't the. Drink Matt beer. doesn't drink beer or coffee. I don't drink beer, but yeah, or coffee. I'm not like oh, well. Mormon. Like, you know, you can have some water. Yeah, I was just gonna say no. you're a Mormon. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've given up Diet Coke as well, but I haven't had one since the Michigan football game. So it's been like two and a half weeks now, oh. but two weeks. But you know, whatever. Anyway, back to back to what I assume, Natalie. You were leading us into the closings for the week. Yes, yes, I am. So. Bedlam's Peter Pan will close on Saturday. The new group's off-Broadway production, Downtown Race Riot, will close on Saturday. Goodspeed's A Connecticut Christmas Carol will close on Sunday. Roundabout Theater Company's The Last Match will also close on Sunday. And the final Sunday closing is Atlantic Theater Company's Describe the Night. And that is it for this week's calendar. All right. So, uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Natalie, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Noack. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us. As Matt said, there's only a few more shopping days to get us presents. And uh, we'll be back and talk to you tomorrow. It's it's more important <laughs> that they buy the presents and then get them in the mail in time for Christmas if they're going to send them to us. Well, you know, schmackeries, could, could... schmackeries would be a great Christmas present. So. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>